0: Let's uh, turn in our Bibles to the fourth chapter of Hebrews. And I want to read an article, and it's a very lengthy article, from Don Fortner. He has put together a statement here that I believe is just wonderful. And before I get into our part of the study, which isn't too much, I want to read this for you, so just bear with me for a moment if you would as I read through, open your Bibles to chapter four. There's four places in chapter four we're gonna refer to. Don begins by by writing this. He says, Hebrews four is a chapter about faith and blessed rest of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet it is a chapter filled with exhortations and admonitions giving us very clear instructions about our responsibilities. Faith in Christ is not a passive, indifferent, or dormant thing. It is a vital living principle of grace. He says, when I was in college, my professor of homiletics and pastoral Theology used to tell us something every preacher ought to always bear in mind. He repeated it almost every time he talked to us about sermon preparation and preaching. He said this. He said, men, where there is no summons, there is no sermon. Or in other words, every sermon preached ought to call for action, not physical action, but moral spiritual action, And if a sermon does not call for those who hear it, it makes some kind of response to it. It is not much of a sermon. The same is true of written expositions. Now, Don goes on to say, he says, four times in these 16 verses, we are given two words of admonition, a call to action, as he just pointed out. Four times the writer admonishes us, with himself to do something to look at them and so look at them with me he says the first one is something to fear here is something for us to fear it says in Hebrews 4 1 let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest any of you should seem to come short of it Don writes he says we ought to fear missing Christ Christ is the one thing needful folks The one thing we all needful are needful of. We must have Him. We must have Him. We have all. If we have Him, we have all things. If we miss Him, we miss all things. We must be washed in His blood, robed in His righteousness, born of His Spirit, saved by His grace, united to Him by faith. Secondly, something to do. There's something to do to teach us. Look at Hebrews 4.11. Here is something for us to do. Let us labor, it says. Therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. He said, Don writes, he says, let us labor that we may cease from all labor. I know that doesn't seem to make sense to some, but to those who know the, the grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, that makes great sense to us. We understand that we have to work towards resting in him. We have to think in our mind how we can rest towards him, how we can put away those thoughts that come into our minds from the flesh that say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to see that I am saved? What must I do to prove to myself that I am saved? We must look to Christ. That's a labor. Let us labor, therefore, to seek Christ, to look to him. That's what that's saying to us. Next we see this. Or Don says this. He says, faith is ceasing from our works. To trust in Christ is to quit trying to find acceptance with God by something we do. It is to rely upon him alone for righteousness, finding complete and perfect justification sanctification and redemption in him next we see over in verse 14 of chapter 4 we see something for us to hold on to to grasp it says seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens Jesus the Son of God let us hold fast our profession you see the other thing he's telling us that we can do we can hold fast We can stand strong and I'm going to rest in the Lord. I don't care what the rest of you are doing. I don't care what the rest of you say. My rest is in him and in him alone. Don says, this this we must hold with a death grip. For life and death are the issues here. Eternal life and eternal death. Whatever we do, we must hold Christ. And then we see... Lastly, in verse 16, somewhere to go. Here is somewhere for us to go, writes Don. Let us therefore come boldly. Therefore let us, let us therefore come boldly. Someplace to go unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Come through the merits of Christ, writes Don, to Christ Jesus our Savior. The merits of his blood and righteousness, and get the mercy and grace you need by the power of his spirit. Now that's the end of Don's statement here, and I wanted to bring that before you. I think that was pretty good, don't you? That was a pretty pretty clear description uh, on this subject of let us. And I want to add to what he has said, and I I don't mean to tear down anything he has said. I don't think I have, but there's some other things that that we see here also. The the phrase, let us, is used many times in Old Testament word, and the majority is the instructions on our walk with God. Many of those things say words like this, and I'll give you three examples from Romans 13 and 14. You don't need to turn there. I'll read them for you. In Romans 13, 13, it says... Let us walk honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Another place in, in, in chapter 14, uh, Paul writes to the Romans, he says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Or or, or over in verse 19 of that same chapter 14, Paul writes, he goes, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith we may edify one another. But I like this one. I, I, I don't mean I don't like those. These are all things that we strive for, folks. These are all things that we need to strive for. God's word tells us there's plenty of things that we should be doing. I don't need to tell you what to do. God's word is telling you what to do. His word is very clear that we should do these different things. But listen to this. This is one one that, that leads to all the rest being fulfilled. In Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us, you and I, let us, let us, therefore, cast off, put away the works of darkness. Now, folks, we all have sin in our lives. We all have problems. We get a little road rage once in a while. Some of you may not have this problem, but occasionally a little white lie will slip out. Folks, there are no little white lies. Every lie is big. Sometimes we may stretch the truth there's sin throughout our lives over and over again. But the darkness that it's talking about here is the darkness of following another God. Me. Following something of me. Instead of resting in this. Listen to this again. Now let me I'm gonna read the whole verse this time. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of of light. <laughs> I like that. The armor of light. The protection of light. What does that mean to me? That means Jesus Christ. He is the light, is he not? Isn't no, that what we read in John 8:12? Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Is that not Christ? Putting on the armor of light... I can do that if God is willing to give me the reason, the, the ability to, and He does. That's what He does. He comes to us in the new birth, and He makes us willing in the day of His power, in the day of His love, to look to Him. That's what Don was saying about, and everything He stated there. Look to Christ. Put on the the armor of light, the armor of Christ on your chest. Put that on for your for your works. When we put on the armor of light, we put off darkness of self, self self-worth, self-righteousness, self-satisfaction. And we take the yoke that is light. Our glorious Christ gives us rest. He gives rest to every sinner who comes to him by faith. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know who wrote this poem, but I found this, and this is really good. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down thou weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found him, I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. <laughs> Oh, the Lord Jesus is given, and he continually gives us rest in Christ. We have a perfect rest complete in him. Look over, if you would, at Isaiah chapter 45. I want to go and look at a couple of verses, if you would. Turn to Isaiah 45. This is the promise of rest God has given to each and every one of his people. The very rest that he talks about when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says it here in the Old Testament in Isaiah 45. Look at verse 22. Look unto me. Look unto me, he says, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Verse 22. I'll read that again. Look unto me and be ye saved. I am God, and there is none else. Turn back into the New Testament, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. We read in verse 6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. You see the peace? You see the rest He gives us when He points to His Word? He says, To the praise and the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We're accepted in the Beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, through His grace. We are saved by His grace through faith, through believing in Him. Our Lord gives us continual rest through perfect reconciliation. Allow me to read for you from 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where we read these words. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Another one, if you would allow me to read from Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. I'll turn there and read it for you. Colossians 1, verses uh, 20 through 21. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself... By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your own mind by wicked works, yet now have he reconciled. You see the peace that he gives us, the rest he gives us through perfect reconciliation? Verse 22, and in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, we presented holy? Through the body of his flesh, through the through his death, and we're presented unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, as it says. He continually gives us rest with absolute security in what he has done and special privilege as we read in, Pro- in Providence in Romans 8.28 and we know that all things Now go back to Hebrews, if you would, and I want I to have you turn ahead in Hebrews to chapter 10. We're talking about let us, things that God has instructed us to do. We just spent a, 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 a several moments of time there considering the thing we can do by casting off the works of darkness, our own works of this flesh, our own thoughts of this flesh. Casting those things off and putting on the armor of light. The armor of light is resting in Christ. Looking to him for all things. Looking to him as our mediator for God. Looking to him as our high priest. Consider these things in, Rome, in Hebrews chapter 10 if you would. Verse 22. Let us draw near. Come near. Let us again put away... The, the cast off the works of darkness and draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Folks, that's Christ. That's putting on the armor of light. Turning to him. Look at verse, look at verse 23. Let us hold fast. Again, we see let, uh, that those verses, let us grab a hold of something. Just as we saw there in Hebrews chapter 4, let us grab a hold of it and hold it fast to our profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that is promised. You can hold on to him with assurance because he who is God has promised it to his people. And if he's promised it, he'll do it. One last verse, if you would look with me at Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Folks, the word of God says this, says, Be ye holy, for our God is holy. Because grace abounds, should we allow sin to abound even more? God forbid. God forbid. Lord, help us to turn away from the sin that plagues our flesh. Lord, help us to turn away from the doubt and the weakness of our faith. From looking to it, from it to looking to him. To putting on that armor of light. What do we rest in? We rest in Christ. We rest in him alone. His works are sufficient for all of our needs. How can I encourage you? I can encourage you this way. You know, when something pops into your head, no matter what it is, weakness of faith, doubt, anger, whatever you want to call it, look to Christ. Stop looking at you and turn to Christ because that's the only salvation we have. Amen. Amen.